Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Like, I, it's it's painful at times to watch. I get it. Like, it's painful for coaches to watch because we, we put a lot of time into this and we have a picture of how we want it to look and it doesn't always look that way. But it's so we're having so much fun. Like, there's ups, there's downs, uh, but it's fun to come in each week and kind of figure out how we're going to utilize what we have and attack whoever we're playing and see the guys kind of adapt their roles and put their, you know, their, their blueprint on the, on the plan. So it may not be high flying and scoring 80 points right now, but it's a heck of a time, and it's a lot of fun because it's a bunch. Of, it's a group of dudes doing it together that are on the same page. They're just doing, willing to do whatever is needed to win. Like Billy Kemp wants to catch 12 balls a game. He comes up to us for the game. And he's like, I don't care if I catch an effing ball all night. He goes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna block my, you know, I'm gonna block my butt off, and whatever we had to do to win, coach. It's just little things like that. It's fun to be around these guys. Welcome in to hour number three here on Herd Out Sports Radio. We are live on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and for our 9 o'clock hour, KFOR in Lincoln. I'm Robbie Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. What up? Coming off of a terrific game of Guess Who that we all struck out on, but I think we played a little bit during the break. I think we're... I think we might revisit. Yeah, we can clean it up. Yeah. It got a little ugly there, just like the Huskers Let's, against Illinois. That's but you all know right. what? If you clean things up by, yeah, uh, by season's up. end, we'll, we'll have a bowl game. <laughs> clean up some of the turnovers, you know, get into it a little <laughs> bit. Uh, no, we feel good about it. Um, no, that was fun. We appreciate Trent coming in and participating as well. And, uh, you know, next time, whoever calls in next, we'll we'll try and get you a W next time. Much like uh, – Yeah, go with, hey, like go I told with you Ravi guys, first instead of me. <laughs> like I told you chance. guys. It's like golf, yeah. right? Golf is so hard to be good at. If it was easy, nobody would care. Right. Yeah. And because of how difficult Guess Who is, it's going to get people wanting to come back and be the first to win. It's true. We have, we've had zero winners on Guess Who so far. And that's why I won $25. It's a tough game. Mm-hmm. You, did, you get a good prize for yeah, a tough game. You know what? Game. We'll double it next week. Yeah. maybe <laughs> Double it every week until somebody wins. Just kidding. I, got, we got I don't a, think Boss Man would I was like We've got to have the Boss sign off, on, sign off on that. We have a cap, though. Um, we uh, wanted to get into our uh, some midseason college football uh, awards, honors, whatever you want to call Accolades, them. Accolades, superlatives. Um, we can go down the list. Yeah, high school superlatives. <laughs> That actually would Best have been, smile. That would have been a fun <laughs> bit. I should have done that. I didn't think about that. Oh, we still got time this week. Um, the a couple of things that I wanted to get to were, number one, and we'll, we can do these in any order we want. I want to get to my midseason Heisman. I want to get to midseason Coach of the Year. And if the season ended, these are all if season ended today, uh, what the college football playoff would be. And I don't, I don't care what the rankings are. Mm-hmm. I want your best four teams in college football right now. Uh, so let's start with, uh, what do you want to start? I kind of want to start with the Heisman. Okay, let's go. This one's pretty easy for me. You're going Michael Penix. I'm absolutely going Michael Penix. He's and he's the favorite right now. By far the best player on, I think, the team, a, a team that has, I don't know if Oregon's the best win of the season, but that's one of the best performances of the season, I think. 
Um, and I just love the way that team's playing right now. Uh, I think it might, it's Michael Penix for me. I, I don't think there's a lot of argument. In my mind, I think he's the clear-cut winner right now. Well, uh, uh, with the guys that are up there in the rankings with him, I would agree. Yeah. So, Michael Penix, I would give the award to right now, too, just because I know how the Heisman is voted Sure, on. yeah, absolutely. And, and people vote on the Heisman not only based off of, hey, are you undefeated, mm-hmm. right? Are, are you going yeah. to potentially in lead your team to the college football playoff or, or beyond? Mm-hmm. But it, it's all about stats, right? Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams... It wasn't on the best of USC teams even last year. Like, mm-hmm. they, they were highly ranked, but they weren't like they were you know, a national, national championship no. caliber team. But because of his ability to put numbers on paper, mm-hmm. it led to and, him winning the Heisman Trophy. still lead a, a winning team. Correct. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what Michael Penix is doing. Mm-hmm. Michael Penix will throw for 300, 400 yards mm-hmm. in games. He's going to put up the flashy numbers. He's going to have four passing touchdowns. He still will be able to scramble and get some yards, mm-hmm. and he'll limit the turnovers. And that's what people like. Mm-hmm. They, that's a Heisman caliber performance. And he's putting his position or his, rather, he's putting his team in position to win football games yep. and be a team that could contend for a national title. That's why he has the vote right now and will stay with that vote until probably the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah. And if that game goes down as an L, then we can revisit yeah. and see like, hey, you know, Dylan Gabriel in Oklahoma may still be an undefeated Big 12 team in the playoff. He may be in contention now. Yeah. Or you may have J.J. McCarthy that keeps climbing the ranks slowly but surely. I know he's not everybody's favorite because he doesn't put up the flashy numbers. Well, and he's going to need huge performances come November mm-hmm. 11th when they play Penn State and then two weeks later when they play Ohio State. Nothing in Michigan season matters until November 11th. And look, Jordan Travis is still up there too for me. Yeah. I mean, he's I love a, Jordan Travis. He's led a Florida State team. 6-0. and To 6-0, and they beat Clemson without Jordan Travis, and they beat LSU, uh, LSU to open the year. Yep. And even though they got close with Boston College, like the, I'm not too worried about that. That game was 31-10. to 10. They I'm let not, them sneak back right. in. I'm, like not that too, wasn't, I'm not too worried about that. That was not a 31-29 game. Like, if you watch that game, they were up by three touchdowns and let off mm-hmm. the gas. And, look, you have Drake May, too, that's putting up great Six numbers at UNC. And that – that at the end of the season, you might be looking at Jordan Travis mm-hmm. and Drake May in the ACC championship game, and that could be really interesting too. And look, if Drake May keeps putting up great numbers as he is, a lot of I, – and I, I don't want to speak for the Heisman voters out there, but to me it seems a lot of Heisman voters also take into account where this person is going to land on draft night. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, it depends on – it depends on the year, but that certainly seems to be a factor just because like, it, it, it's almost like a tiebreaker in my mind. I don't think it's a main decider, but I do think it's a tiebreaker. But, but at it's guys. at least thought about, yeah, right? So. But right, as of right now, Michael Penix has it for me because the, what, the resilience he showed against yeah. Oregon in a game to where it, it seemed as if Oregon was just going to control mm-hmm. it the rest of the way, and then he puts together one final drive and mm-hmm. ends up scoring a touchdown. I even think if that game goes to overtime, Washington probably secures sure. the win yeah. uh, just because of the confidence Michael Penix had in his game at that point. So the one thing that I'm kind of looking for, and, and I like that at this point in the year, like, yes, Michael Penix is the clear front runner. I don't think it's – you know, like it seemed like Caleb Williams had that thing wrapped up pretty early last year. I do think there are a lot of other guys that still have an opportunity to make that run, whether it's J.J. McCarthy in, in November, mm-hmm. whether it's like Dylan Gabriel has that huge moment over Texas, right, to win that game. But do they 
it doesn't seem like any one of these guys has that quote-unquote Heisman moment yet, right? That one moment, that one play in a huge game that really differentiates them from the crowd. And you don't always have one, but in a field like this where there's no clear-cut guy, it wouldn't surprise me if we get a Heisman moment that ends up being the differentiator. Right. I'm still kind of waiting on that from each of these guys, right? And maybe that was Penix at the end of the Oregon game, but I still think there might be more out there. So that's kind of my caveat. Mm-hmm. Like, if the season ends right now, it's Michael Penix. But how many players right now have the ability to make a Heisman moment happen? I think a bunch. Because I don't think there is that many really? out there. I think based on the names that you see at the top of the chart mm-hmm. and where they're listed with current odds, I don't think a Heisman moment, even if somebody were to have one, is there to overstep what Michael Penix has already done this Maybe. Year. That's, because that's I also think, too, if Bo Nix and Oregon would have won that game, Bo Nix right now would be the favorite to yeah, win Yeah, he Heisman. very well could be. And so maybe that is just the early season Heisman moment. Dylan Gabriel in, in Oklahoma, who, who in the Big 12 do they really play outside of Texas? Yeah, so they're, they're going to have to... And Dylan Gabriel led a, 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 a touchdown yeah, drive to win ga- that football game. drive, yeah. But I still don't know if that was bigger than what Michael Penix has already done. You look at J.J. McCarthy, and I don't know if he has the offensive stats yeah. to compete with the other guys at the top. Not unless he has these incredible games against Penn State and, and Ohio State at the end of the year. You have Jaden Daniels, who already has an L on his list. Two, uh, he's two, got two L's. Losses. I'm sorry, two yeah, L's so. on his list. So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense no, to me. I don't think he's in there. Jordan Travis could. Yeah. He, he's probably the next guy in line. I think you've that, got Duke this week, who's a top 20 team. Mm-hmm. You've got probably North Carolina down the road. And the then you have the ACC, ACC championship game. game. Yeah. And then you have, you know, Drake May. And then it's Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, Carson Beck. And Carson Beck will not do it. No. And then down the list, unless Drew Aller somehow, some way goes crazy, yeah, it's not going to so. be him. The only guy I really see being competitive to Michael Penix right now is Jordan Travis. But I think Penix will keep the edge yeah. because as as the Pac-12 isn't very strong. They will have Oregon State later on, and I don't want to knock on Oregon State because they've been a really good football team. Yeah. But all in all, it's kind of like the ACC. There's ranked teams, but I still think Washington's better. There's ranked teams, and I still think Florida State's better. Yeah, I think Washington's schedule the rest of the way out is better than Florida State's. I'm, I'm checking right here because I'm trying to remember who they've played so or who they've got left. So they've got USC left. That'll be a big game. Mm-hmm. They've got Utah left. That'll be a big game. If Cam Rising's playing. Even without, they're still in the top 15. I mean, right. Are, um, and then they've got Oregon State, which is top 12 right now. So they've got three ranked teams left on the schedule. Now, to your point, and they've got Washington Day at the end of the year, which is a good team. They're not currently ranked. But to your point, the only sexy team left on that schedule is USC, right? There's not a lot of sexy, big marquee matchups left, even though I think like Utah's really good, Oregon State's really good, Washington State's really good. None of those are really like big, sexy games. Now, I also think this, though, because Bo Nix didn't play bad. No. Right? If Bo Nix were to win out, somehow squeak into the college football playoff and beat – uh, and have a Heisman moment, moment in the Pac-12 championship game, mm-hmm. Bo Nix could s- sneak back into conversation. He could easily be a finalist. Oh, yeah, for sure. If, if Oregon wins out and Washington stumbles at some point, because um, I, I do think Washington needs to go undefeated for Penix to win the Heisman. That wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me. I, w- I would agree with that. I think they need to go undefeated. So, but looking at Jordan Travis, he is, is I think, in a worse spot than Penix schedule-wise. Because the last ranked team currently on their schedule is Duke this week. Then you've got Wake Forest, Pitt, 
Miami, which is a marquee game, but not a ranked team, and they've struggled mm-hmm. of late. North Alabama, which is whatever. Yeah, the, the sloppy one. And then you've got Florida, who, again, marquee game, rivalry. Florida's Hasn't not, been very good. Florida's not very good. But then the ACC championship game. Which, if he balls out there and is really good against, like, a North Carolina. And they're in the college football playoff. Especially if North Carolina's undefeated mm-hmm. at that point. That would be a huge potential moment. Same kind of thing with Michael Penix at Washington. Mm-hmm. Let's say they go undefeated. He balls but out. But you're right. He does have a harder path. He's got a harder path. But let's say he balls out against Caleb Williams in kind of a head-to-head Heisman mm-hmm. matchup, right? And then goes and dominates Oregon and puts up those numbers again. Pen- it's Penix's to lose right now, and, for and, sure. And I think that's where we settle. It's Penix's now. It's Penix's then. Yeah. Right? Because the whole point of this was who's the Heisman now? Right now, and it's still it's Michael. Penix. Absolutely, Michael Penix. The only interesting conversation is what happens the rest of the way mm-hmm. because clearly, right now, it's Penix. And I don't think you know Dylan Gabriel interests me because of the big Texas win. Because Oklahoma's a really marquee team, they certainly have a shot at the playoff. But looking at their way out, they go UCF this week, nothing. Kansas, nothing. Oklahoma State, nothing. West Virginia, nothing. BYU, nothing. TCU. Like, he's got an even worse way out than Jordan Travis does. But Dylan Gabriel looks really strong. He does. And that team that uh, has been built in Oklahoma since Mm -hmm. Lincoln Riley's left, this team looks really, really good. I wouldn't be shocked if they are everybody's surprise that makes the college football playoff. Yeah, I would not be shocked. I certainly think they're in that conversation. Because they could be the TCU of last year. So, they could be the Cincinnati from a few years ago. I know Cincinnati and Oklahoma are drastically different when it comes to, wait, why, why are they in the same conversation? Mm-hmm. But in terms of teams that they've played outside of Texas, mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're getting with an undefeated team in Oklahoma. Absolutely. So we both agree on Michael Penix now, and it's his to lose for the rest of the year. Let's move on to Coach of the Year before we get to playoffs. Sure. Um, this is going to seem like a, a Washington fan podcast here on my part. I think the easy answer is Kalen DeBoer. Um, he's been really – this is almost a two-year award for me for Kalen DeBoer because he's been really, really good the last two years at Washington. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country. He is obviously got Washington in a spot to make a college football playoff. That's an incredible job that he's done there. Um you could make an argument for Brent Venables for turning mm-hmm. around from where they were last year. They go 6-6 six and six in the regular season. They lose the bowl game to Florida State. Which is so crazy that they still ended up in the Pop-Tart Bowl. Well, and if you look at that season, it's kind of, you know, I, I, I hate— Against Florida State is what yeah, I— Yeah, yeah, no, like, no, for that's sure. That's what I found was crazy. For sure, especially considering Florida State was a 10-win team. Like, they were yeah, really, Weren't they, like, rank 11 at the time? Yeah, they were. Re- it was a weird mismatch. It was, it was just, hey, let's get eyeballs on this game, right? Florida State-Oklahoma is a big matchup. But the Oklahoma team, it's a big turnaround from last year, although probably not as big as the records would indicate. They mm-hmm. lost a bunch of one-score games last year. I don't know Nebraska fans hating mm-hmm. that. But when other teams lose one-score games, usually there's a regression back to the mean, and they start winning some of those. Um, that's what Oklahoma's done this year. Dylan Gabriel's healthier. is playing better. Uh, Brent Venables, you could certainly make an argument for him for Coach of the Year at this point as well. Um, is there any other candidates? Let's start with Power Five, because I know you've got some off-the-radar candidates mm-hmm. as well. Anybody else in the Power Five that you're looking at is like, yeah, maybe. I mean, 
for coach of the year. Yeah, I kind of look at a Mac Brown. Like I think Mac Brown is definitely up there because UNC, even though they had Drake May coming in, yeah. uh, but you, you still got to recruit around him. And yeah. getting Tez Walker out of the portal was big. And he's done a phenomenal job at North mm-hmm. Carolina. All, I was, and I, Mac Brown's just a good coach. I was so skeptical when he came out of, like, quote-unquote, I, I mean, he never really retired, right? But he came out of TV, right. and he'd been out of the game for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. I was super skeptical, and... It's worked out way better than I ever imagined. I think James Franklin deserves some love, too. Because mm-hmm. I've always been on the James Franklin hype train. I think he's one of the best coaches in college football. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he ever got the love next to Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh in the Big Ten, but especially at the National Outlook, too. James Franklin has kind of been somebody that's just slept on. There's part of me that would take James Franklin over Ryan Day. I would do. I would absolutely I've, do that. I'm, I'm not because I think James Franklin and his ability to recruit mm-hmm. is is unmatched. Also, I just I Ryan Day is one of those. Like but, he was, but Ryan Day also doesn't lose a lot of football. Yeah, games. no, he's he's a he's a really good football coach, right? But I also don't know how good he would be in the situations that James Franklin was put in, right? Like, does Ryan Day win at Vanderbilt? I don't know. Does he win at Penn State? Maybe. But Penn State also wasn't in the position that Ohio State was in when Ryan Day took over. So it's really hard for me when guys just take over incredible. Like, Kirby Smart's another good example. Is he a really good football coach? Obviously. Could Kirby Smart win at Vanderbilt? I don't know. Right. Because he was in a really good position when he took over. Ryan Day was in an incredible position when he took over. And I don't necessarily want to hold that against guys, but it does make me wonder if they're builders or just sustainers, Mm -hmm. right? Ryan Day is really good at sustaining what Urban Meyer started at Ohio State. Would he be able to build a program the way James Franklin has or the way that, you know, Matt Rule has a couple times? Um, so those are some interesting names. Who are, who are some of the off-the-radar names that you're, you're thinking of for Coach of the Year? Well, the one I love is Troy Calhoun. Over at Air Force. I, I think Air Force's head coach He's is, doing a great job. is number one on my list, even for Coach of the Year. Sure. Because it, look, look at what he's been able to do since 2007. He's led this Air Force program to an 11-win season in 2019, mm-hmm. four 10-win seasons in 2014, 2016, 2021, and 2022, two 9-win seasons, 2007 and 2010, and three 8-win seasons, 2008, 2009, and 2015. Troy Calhoun's a winner mm-hmm. at Air Force. And until really this year, how many people have looked at Air Force and put them in the same category as Navy? Because yeah. Navy, even last year, was like, oh, they're the best of, they get a lot of, of the love. military schools. Yeah. But is, have we just been sleeping on Air Force so much? Like, I know Air Force is ranked, and, and they're undefeated this year, mm-hmm. and that's why they get so much attention. But have we overlooked what Troy Calhoun has actually done at that program? I think we have. I, I mean, I don't know that people appreciate just I know how, I have. how good they've been. I mean, it's crazy how good they've been. He won his 100th game in, in the 2020 season. So yeah. he was there for 13 years and won his 100th game. Yeah. How many coaches do that? Not a lot. Not many. No. And he's, he's probably going to die at Air Force. I That's mean, how good of a coach he is. He might be. And, and it's, you know, there's a part of me that wishes he would get a shot at a bigger school because he's been so successful. I don't even know if he wants to leave. But he's been so good at Air Force, you, you almost wish that he would get um, a shot at a bigger school to prove himself. But, again, who knows? Maybe he doesn't want that. Uh, the other guy that I, I did want to call out from uh, kind of the group of five in the Sun Belt over there is Kurt Signetti at James Madison. Mm. They are 6-0 and this year. I know our friends over at, um, uh, like, Adam McClintock and Dave Bartu over at uh, College Football Analytical, um, they, they're 
their stats on on Kurt Signetti are off the charts. He's six and zero at James Madison. Um, I just wanted to call that out. What because, a team to root for, too, James Madison. Right, and <laughs> they uh, you know they just moved up from FCS a couple years ago. They're in the Sun Belt Conference now, eight and three the first year. But this dude across all levels of football. Just because most people have probably never heard of him, and that's okay, because I wouldn't have heard of him unless I was talking mm-hmm. to our, our friend Adam McClintock. Right. Uh, across all levels of football. So he was in Division Two, then at Elon in the FCS, then at James Madison in the FCS, and now James Madison moved up. He's 114 and 34 as a head coach. He is 80 games above 500 as wow. a head coach. That dude is crazy good, and the stats back it up for him as well. So, uh, I'm not going to say he's my coach of the year or anything like that, but I just wanted to call him out because he's doing an incredible job. James Madison has been doing an I incredible job. I think Norvell job. also has done a great job he at does. Florida State, taking over what Willie Taggart destroyed. Yeah, so that's a multi-year if you were going to consider him because he really – and it was kind of a slow build. Mm-hmm. People were getting frustrated with him. You know, they go 5-7 and seven the first couple of years. They finally break through last year. But Mike Norvell has done an incredible job in a program that – People don't really understand. Jimbo Fisher did not leave that program in good shape. Mm-mm. Jimbo Fisher was bad his last year there, and he had started mailing it in for a couple years there because he had issues with administration. So you're talking about four to five years of pretty bad leadership right. at Florida State before Mike Norvell took over, and he has turned that thing around. Obviously, they're in a position to make the college football playoff. Speaking of which, transition. Uh, That's what we call <laughs> the perfect transition. <laughs> this is our college football playoff just for what's happened so far. Which is hard to predict. Honestly, this this has been really... Because there's this, a ton of undefeated teams This has still. been more difficult than, well, the Heisman, of course, but even the coaches yeah. for me. Like, this right here, I'm like trying to balance schedule and record, yeah. and I'm like... So oh, there's a team man. I'm going to leave out here. What's to come? There's a team I'm going to leave out here that's probably going to make people mad, but and maybe a couple teams, but it's because I don't think they've they haven't played anybody yet. Because of the number of undefeated teams we've got left here, which we've got mm-hmm. one, two, three, sure. four, five, six, seven. I think we've got eight Power Five teams that are undefeated still. Yep. And at this point, that means half of them are getting left out. Mm-hmm. So you have to start parsing things like schedule and whatever. For me. It's a pretty easy line between teams that have played somebody and teams that haven't. Right. Georgia hasn't really played anybody. They're Not out yet. for me. Like I, I'm out at this point. If the if the season ended today, Georgia's not in the playoff for me. They just haven't beat anybody that matters. Michigan's out for me too. They haven't beat anybody that matters. Like, like I said earlier, their season doesn't start until November 11th when they play Penn State. North Carolina, they're out for me. They haven't beat anybody yet. Does they? They haven't beat anybody beat that matters yet. Yeah, we've seen what Miami is now. We saw that Georgia Tech game. <laughs> Penn State haven't beat anybody. They're out for me. Mine, Oklahoma. That Texas game was a was an impressive win. Sure was. Ohio State. I think that win over Notre Dame is a really good win. Florida State might have the best resume with wins over LSU and Clemson. Right. And then Washington with that win over Oregon. Those are my four. So uh, I'm basing mine. Not just off schedule wins, but just the teams I know they are. Sure. So Georgia is still my one. That's fair. And, totally fair. And the reason for that is they just command football games. Mm-hmm. They command wins. And that defense is so, so good. Mm-hmm. 
and still is yeah. after even, graduating all those people. Yeah, even after losing all those guys to the NFL. And they have a really heavy second half of the year, so I'm interested because, as you said, they haven't played anybody of relevance outside of Kentucky. And um, a lot of these teams will, their schedule picks up, right? right. Michigan, Penn State, Georgia, Georgia plays them. Mizzou November 4th. Penn- Georgia plays Mississippi November 11th. Yeah. Georgia plays Tennessee November 18th. Like, those are coming around. Penn State season starts this week right. against Ohio State. But I, co- I can't. I can't put Penn State in yet because of where they are yeah, in the current I, I can't either. I would love to put them in. Yeah. I just can't. They got to win some games. My one is Georgia. Okay. My two is still Michigan. Okay. My three is Washington. Okay. And my four is Florida State. I think that's totally even fair. Even though Oklahoma had that win against Texas, not enough there's for you just yet. not enough for me. And, totally and, fair. And I think Oklahoma, even if they end undefeated, based on all the other teams that should still be undefeated, because we'll have one Big Ten team, Yeah, Maybe I would two. guess, in the college football playoff. Yeah. You'll have Georgia in the college football playoff. I think Florida State gets in, and I think Washington gets in. I think you're going to have Oklahoma as the five. They might be left out. An undefeated Oklahoma team may be left out. We'll see. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to our friend Joel Lorenzi from the Omaha World Herald.